Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you and praise you that your word is real. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So, Lord, even as we go over these verses written 3,000 years ago, roughly, Lord, make it applicable. Stir our hearts. Lord, if our hearts are cold, we ask right now for your Holy Spirit. Soften our hearts. Lord, we need to hear from you. Father, we ask for the, I ask for the gift of teaching that you will be glorified through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 37, a psalm of David, and as I already mentioned, it appears that David wrote this towards the end of his life, and, and there is intense wisdom. You're going to hear some verses in here, and you go, wow, I, I've heard that verse. Wow, that, that verse sounds familiar. And they're found within this song, which will benefit every age if taken to heart. Not just heard in the head, but taken to the heart. You see, I, I can see David as the current ruler of the earthly nation of Israel sharing this song with the next king of, na- of the nation, Sam- Solomon. And so here we go, Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. The word fret there, I think we got a slide, means to become angry, to be hot, to be kindled. Not nor be envious means to be jealous, to be jealous. And it appears that David was addressing two individual groups of people here. When someone does evil against us, not that this happens, but when it happens, we can sometimes try to take matters into our own hands. And it's amazing how the mind works and how we can find ourselves plotting the demise of someone else. It's also amazing how our minds can see someone else doing something that's not right and momentarily think that we would like to do that as well. You see, both are obviously wrong as far as the word is concerned. But both are real and have to be dealt with. So David makes a simple observation that is still a possibility in the heart of every believer, every man, every woman this morning. Every single one of us. He says, do not fret because of the Republicans. Do not fret because of the Democrats. Do not fret because of the liberals. Do not fret because of the unbelievers. Do not fret. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. James 1.11 says this, For no sooner has the sun risen with the burning heat, than it withers the grass. Its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man, so the rich man, All of us in this room this morning are rich. If you have any idea of what's happening in the world, if you're watching the news or reading any articles at all, you have got to understand that you are rich. As millions of people are fleeing and living in refugee camps with basically nothing, every individual in this room, every child, every teen, every young adult, every elderly person in this room, How many of you have a phone? Raise your hand if you have a phone. Don't be afraid. I'm not going to take it from you. You are not only rich, you are wealthy. 
You are wealthy. How many of you have a TV at home? How many of you have a refrigerator at home? How many of you have something in that refrigerator at home? And a freezer. And maybe an additional freezer out in the garage or something. Stuffed with stuff. Guys, we are rich. You see, when we read verses like this, we think of, you know, well, I don't have a billion dollars. Get real. Every person in this room is rich. And our riches can make us compromise, comfortable, lazy, lackadaisical, because we have them. But it's amazing how lives are being transformed in Florida and Texas and now California when they drive up to their home and there's nothing there. There is no refrigerator. It's all burned, all gone. All of those rich people have a new perspective on life, don't they? They have a brand new perspective on life. Man. I didn't appreciate what I had. I really didn't appreciate what I had. You see, we're all rich. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. And that includes you and me. We all have pursuits. And there's nothing wrong with that per se. We need a career. We need to provide for our families. Don't take it out of context because I'm not taking it out of context. We need to be responsible. But we also need to keep that responsibility in order. How's your devotional life? For those of you who are married, how is your praying with your mate going? How is your family meetings going? How are your family devotions going? How are you doing with your those types of things? Because if your pursuit is your career, which is what men get our, that's what we get our recognition from. And we're putting everything else on the back burning, hoping that the church takes care of it or the wife takes care of it or that somebody takes care of raising these kids. I hope somebody does it. Our lives are gone. We are but a vapor. Verse 3, David says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Now, if this is David speaking to Solomon, I just appreciate this so much. A father who has been through so many things in his life. You know, Solomon came about. He was the second son of David and Bathsheba. The first son that was brought forth in that adulterous act died. Solomon is the second son now. David is able to look back and look into Solomon and have that reminder of, yes, your mother is the one that I committed adultery with. Your mother. I killed your mother's husband. I did that. Nobody else did. I did that. David is looking at this and he's saying, trust in the Lord and do good. He's able to look back and say, why didn't I do good? Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. You see, instead of living in the flesh, David shows us that we need to live in the spirit, the Holy Spirit's. See the word trust in the Lord, trust here and do the right thing. Whenever the Lord has for you to dwell, wherever he has for you to dwell, focus on his faithfulness 
and not on the other and what the other person has. Because don't we find ourselves so often doing just that? You know, we're, we're on our tippy toes, looking over the fence. Oh, look! Look what they have over there! Look what they just got! Oh, look at that! Whoa, look! Uh. No, no, trust in the Lord. Instead of wishing a life away, David encourages the people to do what? To feed, feed, dwell on the land and feed on his faithfulness. You see, there were Christians that had their houses flooded and there were Christians who had their houses burned. And I haven't spoken to one personally, but I would venture to say that many of those Christians are much more solid today than the unchristian, than the unbeliever. It's come into the realization. The Bible said it's all going to burn. Here it is. It's all going to burn. Oh, well, let's start again. God has a plan. How can I help my neighbor who doesn't know Jesus? That should be our mindset anyways. How can I help my neighbor? And, and if you look at our country and who volunteers when these disasters happen, predominantly they are Christians. There are people that love Jesus and they want to go and they want to help, but they also want to be there to encourage people's eyes. Hey, look up. It's all going to burn anyways. It's all temporary anyways. We're all going to die. So, so keep looking up for you and me. In verse four there, delight yourself. You see, when you delight yourself in the Lord, you will find yourself seeking more and more after his will and not your own or what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. He was speaking to the disciples at the very beginning of the ministry. You see, the more we take on God's desires, the more we find our desires matching God's perfect will for our lives. So often people will say, well, I wonder what God's will is for my life. Are you in the word of God? Yes. Are you praying on a regular basis? Yes. Uh, is there a situation where you're seeking counsel from other believers? Are you seeking counsel? Yes. Well, then just walk. Because you're doing your part. God is absolutely going to do his part. He is going to do it. I can look back 40 years in my Christian faith. He has done his part. But oftentimes we don't do our part, so we walk around and go, I wonder what the Lord's will is. I wonder what the Lord's will is. Well, I think I'll get down and pray a little bit more. You know, Joshua did that at one time, if you read your Bibles. Joshua did that one time, and you know what God said? Get out of here. I'm paraphrasing it, but if you read your Bible, God said, get out of here. You don't need to pray. There's sin in the camp. Go deal with the sin and stop praying. You know, there's times where God actually says that to us. But we can use prayer as a really spiritual excuse. Well, let me pray about if I should date an unbeliever. Let me pray about that. Really? Missionary dating? You really need to pray about that? No, you don't. But if you want to walk in the flesh, then use prayer as an excuse and you'll reap the consequences. Instead of just being obedient to what the Bible says. Don't date an unbeliever. Period. I mean, there's so many things, black and white in the Bible, but we need to pray about it. No, we don't need to pray. We need to obey. That is so important. 
So we will find ourselves walking in the will of God if we do these simple things. And I know for some people, they just go, well, you're too oversimplistic. It's worked for me, so I'm going with that. You know, as we grow in this area, we'll find that God is giving us the desires of our heart because our desires have been shaped into His desires. We can actually take on the heart of our Heavenly Father by surrendering our lives to the work of the Holy Spirit. We'll sing about it. There was even a song this morning. Did you see that word, surrender? There was a song we sang this morning. I don't know if you noticed or not, because you were bored with the songs. But there was a song that talked about surrender. I surrender some, I surrender some, some to him and some to Jim, I surrender some. That's my part, you know, you can come up with your own theme song. No, you got to surrender it all. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing, guys. And we'll find ourselves becoming more flexible in our lives when we do surrender our whole lives to him. Knowing that God truly does have the best in store for us. And our delight becomes pleasing to the Father. Just as John said, or Jesus said in John 6.38, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. And guys, as believers, we have a will and God has a will. And our will can move forward or we can surrender to God and allow God through the Holy Spirit to give us maybe a new will. But I want to date this guy. He is a hunk. He's a piece of junk without Jesus. Save yourself and your parents and your friends a lot of frustration. Because everybody else is going, don't you see it? Oh no, he's just a hunk. And he said, I love you. Big whoop. Spare yourself. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Go back to verse one. Do not fret because of evildoers. What is David saying? Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the the light and your justice as the noonday. The word commit there, it means to roll, to roll away. Your way is a road trodden. Figuratively, a course of life or a mode of action. What is your mode of action when something happens to you? Do you run around with like a chicken with its head cut off? Or do you stop, pray, think, pray, evaluate, pray, seek counsel, pray? What is your mode of operation? What is your mode of operation? You see, notice that David stresses total confidence in God being able to provide. And he will be your defense. Notice this. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light. Light dispels darkness. People are talking bad about you. People are making insinuations about you. People are doing whatever about you in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family, whatever it is. Just walk in the light. Just walk in the light had our own children say various things about us 
We didn't run around stamping out fires. We didn't try to defend ourselves. We just kept walking in the light. Just kept walking in the light. Just kept doing what God told us to do. And you know what? People came back to us, if not months, if not years later, and said, we're sorry. We're sorry we believed the report because we could see that's not, that was not true. Whatever. <laughs> We've been doing what God's called us to do, you know. Deal with it. Okay, thank you. But didn't bother us because we didn't know it anyways. Guys, just stay focused on what God has for you to do. He'll bring the light. He'll bring it to light. Rest in the Lord, verse 7, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Now, this could be man or woman. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. There it is again. It only causes harm. And they know, they finally caught up with the Bible. They know now, medically, that anxiety, worry, does cause physical issues. Read the Bible. You didn't have to spend $60,000 to be a doctor to do, just read your Bible. See, if we read our Bibles, we would know this and, and, and ask for the Holy Spirit to work that out of our lives. The word rest here means to be silent, to be still. To be silent, to be still. David once again shows the end results of focusing upon the evil that a person is committing instead of focusing upon what God calls us to do. Pray for them. You know, I wish personally that all the Christians that are spending so much time on conspiracy theories would spend that much time in prayer. And what an impact that would have. We just, gotta, we just gotta ask ourselves some simple questions. What am I pouring myself into? Conspiracy theories or praying? What am I doing? You see, typically when you focus on a person or a potential problem, it usually causes more anxiety. But when you start to pray, when I start to pray for that person or for that situation, I find that it causes less anxiety, less worry, less frustration, less saint uh, stress because I'm lifting them up to the throne of God and saying, God, you take care of them. You take care of them because you know way better than I do. And he will. He will take care of them. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Isn't that interesting? You see, during the millennial reign of Christ, there will be no evil, because you and I, the righteous saints, We are going to inherit the earth for 1,000 years and no matter where you and I look, there will be no evil because you and I will be going, ah, 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 you're not doing that. Ah, 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 that's not happening. We're not going to be voting. We're not going to be electing. King Jesus is going to be in Jerusalem and we're going to be ruling and reigning with him. There's going to be no open debates. It's going to be Jesus said it. That settles it. End of conversation. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be wonderful. Jesus, a thousand years later, says in Matthew 5, 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. But meekness is not weakness. 
but rather having strength in humility. This is so important, especially for us men. Because a lot of times men think of weakness as, uh, meekness as weakness. Well, I'll be a wimp. You don't understand manhood. You don't understand biblical manhood. Meekness is the strength in humility. Jesus said, the meek, they shall inherit the earth. You see, meekness happens when you're able to deal with your pride in such a way that you put others first. That's true meekness. Not weakness, it's meekness. You put others first. Romans 12, 9 and 10 says this, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Romans 12, 9 and 10. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. You see, even though the wicked plot against the righteous, God sees the end result. You and I don't, but God does, and God just laughs. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and the needy, to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their swords shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken. You see, the way of the wicked will will return upon their own heads. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Here is a great verse and it's also a great little proverb. It once again speaks of what? Contentment contentment let's look at philippians 4 11 through 13 contentment we live in a discontent society whether it's having the latest gadget the latest fad whatever it might be we live in a very discontent society philippians 4 says this Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Paul writing, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I I know how to have nothing abased, nothing. Everywhere in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And this is where that famous verse comes in that most of you probably have memorized, but you didn't understand the context of it. And there you just read the context. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you walked into your burned out house, your flooded out house, whatever the case may be, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not that I can rebuild this house. No, I can go through this circumstance. God giveth, God taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God, you've got a plan. If we really believe Romans that says he works all things together for the good, then he works all things together for the good. Not just some things. All things. You know, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Why don't you turn to 1 Timothy 6, and I'm going to read Hebrews 13. So if you would turn to 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 12. I'll read Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? 
And First Timothy 6 says this, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we have brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. You know, I used to say you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. I used to say that. And then a brother sent me an email with a picture of a U-Haul behind a hearse. <laughs> and I don't know if that was, was that Photoshop, Dave, or is that real? It was real. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But in reality, uh, <laughs> they can put it in there with you, but it ain't doing any good for you. You're dead. It's on. It's party's over. Back into the psalm. So be content. Be content. The Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish. Into the smoke, they shall vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord. So important. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. The word words there are ordered in the Hebrew. They mean to be firm, to be stable, to be established. To be established. Um, we're running out of time, so I'm just going to read a verse here. Proverbs 16, 7 and 9, if you'd like to write it down. Proverbs 16, 7 and 9. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs sixteen seven through 9. Verse 25, I have been young and now I'm old. So this is why we can say, David was writing this in his older years. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging of bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. With those verses there, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Young people, be careful who you hang around. Older saints, be careful. Because we are seeing older saints falling away from the faith. And it's because of who they're hanging around. Be very, very careful. Verse 30, the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Notice that the law of the, his God is in his heart or the word of God from Genesis to Revelation for you and me today. You see, it's not just a matter of speaking about wisdom, but actually speaking with wisdom coming forth. And that could be even for you teenagers. Sometimes we think of wisdom as just with old people. No. As you read the word, you are going to gain tremendous wisdom and you will be able to talk into the life of an older person who doesn't know the word. The word is key. 
The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. And again, I believe this is the millennial reign of Christ. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree. Yet he passed away and behold, he is no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. He could possibly be speaking about King Saul right there. Possibly. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright for the future of that man is peace. Guys, find people that are following Jesus and note what they are doing and emulate that. Oh, they read their word on a regular basis. Then read your word. Oh, they pray on a regular basis. Oh, they're at men's Bible studies. Oh, they're at women's Bible studies. Oh, they're at the Saturday morning prayer meeting. Oh, this, oh, that. Do it as well. We follow Jesus, but there's nothing wrong with watching other people and seeing why they have peace in their lives, even in the midst of turmoil. But the transgressor shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. Notice that. We cannot work our way to heaven. Salvation only comes through faith, by grace. He is their strength in the time of trouble. What a wonderful, wonderful promise. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Notice that. David ends the psalm or the song with what? Because they trust in him. What does he start the psalm with? Do not fret because of evildoers. Do not fret. Trust. Trust. David starts the psalm with trust. He ends the psalm with trust. And what does Solomon do? Well, I'm going to read these verses out of the NLT as the music team comes up. This is the NLT. So you might just want to listen to it. They're verses that you're very, very familiar with. You probably have them memorized. If David is speaking to his son Solomon, I find this very, very interesting. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And even as I start out this service, that's what I'm talking about with volunteers. We're not going to make anything happen. We're going to wait on the will of God. And if he wants us to move forward, then we'll move forward. If he doesn't, then we won't. But we're going to keep moving because God has something else in store. But for major, major things, we're just going to you know, keep seeking his will. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Father, that is our prayer this morning. Lord, it doesn't matter how long I've been in the ministry. It doesn't matter how long men and women have been in careers or been dads or moms or grandparents. It doesn't matter. We have to continually seek after you and your ways. We want to be in your perfect will today. We don't want to live on yesterday's manna. We cannot live on yesterday's wisdom. We need wisdom today in what is happening today. 
So Lord, give us wisdom in these things that we desire to do for our community, for you, even for our own lives personally. And Lord, if you have given us the wisdom and we're just lazy, give us a kick in the pants. If we know we're supposed to be reading and we're not reading the word, we don't need to pray. We need to obey. Whatever the case is, Lord, even right now, I know your Holy Spirit, Father, is touching hearts and talking to hearts and speaking to hearts. And as believers, Father, we can shut that out, we can push that down, or we can surrender. We can surrender and say, yes, thank you, Father. Thank you for loving me so much that you you never condemn me. You never beat me. You never place guilt upon me. You just bring the conviction of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit is called the Comforter. That you comfort us even when we're wrong, even when we're disobedient. Father, you comfort us and you you lift our eyes to your throne. So, Father, we just thank you for that wonderful gift of repentance. We need it throughout the week. Lord, as saints, we we maybe pray for a, a brother or a sister here this morning that's been away. Lord, I pray that they would just repent. We agree in prayer, Father. We know you love them. We know you are waiting for them. So even this morning, Father, we intercede on their behalf that they would truly surrender. Just stop and surrender. That they might delight in your perfect will for their lives, Father. Lord, as saints, we also pray for anyone in this room that does not know Jesus as their Savior. Father, that they would come up after this service. That they would come forward to receive your Son as their Savior. Being at Calvary is of no value when they step before your judgment throne. They need Jesus. So we intercede on their behalf. Help them to see Jesus even right now, this very second. Help them to see their need for Jesus, Father. We thank you and we praise you for this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Why don't we all stand, guys? God bless you. Have a great day. Again, please sign up, if you'd like to, for the harvest party. Um, God has a plan. If you'd like to come back at uh, 1245 for the meeting, it will be in the youth building for the uh, gymnasium. We'll see what God does. God bless you guys. Have a great day. If you need prayer, please come up. We'd love to pray for you. God bless you guys. Jesus.
seasons, even in barren, desperate seasons, no matter what the circumstance, you are the rock on which I stand. You are the God who always sees us, even in barren, desperate seasons, no matter what the circumstance, you are the rock on which I stand. You are bigger than all my fears, God of love, God my love. You are bigger than all my dreams, God my hope, God my peace. Whatever will come my way through each day, I will say, God, I trust you. I trust you, you are bigger than all my fears, God of love, God my love, you are bigger than all my dreams, God my hope, God my peace, whatever will come my way through each day, I will say, God, I trust you, I trust you. 